size counselor magazine. In this weekly series, we tackle the topics that matter most to the promotional products industry, from hard-hitting news to fun trends. I'm Sarah Lavendusky with Advantages Magazine, and today I'm joined by Jamie Crump of the Richwell Group and Karuba Sankar of RBC Royal Bank, who are here to discuss supplier diversity. With end buyers in virtually all industries implementing supplier diversity procurement programs for goods and services, including promotional products, what do distributors need to know? That's our topic. So we have two guests today. We have Jamie Crump. She's the president of the Richwell Group, a Georgia-based consulting firm for strategic sourcing and supplier diversity. She has experience in these areas of expertise in a variety of sectors, including banking, IT, pharmaceuticals, and telecommunications. And she's the author of Backstage Pass, Pulling the Curtain Back on the Business of Supplier Diversity. And she's an advisory board member for Diversity Professional Magazine, ProcureCon, and Spend Matters. We also have with us Karuba Sankar. Karuba is the global leader of corporate social responsibility at RBC Global Procurement with RBC Royal Bank in Canada. He leads strategic development for and execution of the CSR program for global procurement, which includes global supplier diversity, responsible procurement, and community activities. Previously, he was the director of RBC Global Procurement for IT Professional Services, supporting technology and operations across all business units of RBC. So welcome, Jamie and Karuba. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you. Great to be here. Thank you. So now let's start with defining some terms. What is supplier diversity and how do you contribute to this field of business practice in your professional roles? So Jamie, why don't we start with you? Well, I think the definition is to provide opportunities to diverse and or disadvantaged businesses. And I'll bring them into company supply chains um, to provide diversity and innovation for them. Um, how my company contributes is between our consultancy in supply chain and supplier diversity. We're trying to link those two areas who work so closely together to generate the best results for companies. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. And Karuba, how, you know, in your, in your words, what is supplier diversity and how do you contribute to it in your position? Yeah, I, I think from, uh, you know, from our perspective, I look at it as supplier diversity. It's not only doing the right thing and being a responsible corporate citizen. Uh, we believe supplier diversity helps drive the business value and include diverse suppliers in the sourcing process. And, you know, doing such things uh, allows, um, you know, diverse suppliers to gain competitive access uh, to procurement opportunities. And it also creates uh, greater innovation and culturally diverse business interaction, uh, which in turn positions us to, you know, RBC to meet the requirement of our diverse client base, right? It, it's a way we look at it, how, uh, you know, to you know, include diverse suppliers and also to create uh, opportunity and advance our, you know, opportunities and equality for businesses owned by uh, women, businesses owned by indigenous people, uh, minorities, uh, LGBT, people with disabilities and uh, veterans. Mm -hmm. Great. So um, and why is it, now, Karuba, if you could continue with that, why is it important to your respective um, organization at RBC, and, and why is this something that you're going to be concentrating on for the years to come? Yeah, I think if you look at from, you know, uh, organizations, um, I look at from our organization, uh, we are, you know, a purpose-driven organization. 
Um, our purpose is helping clients thrive and community to be prosper. And one of our core values, uh, you know, is diversity and inclusion. And looking at these two uh, views, one at the values, one at the purpose, uh, what we are looking to do is uh, transform that into our supply chain uh, by building an inclusive supply chain uh, so that we could able to advance the uh, equality opportunity for diverse suppliers, but at the same time, uh, you know, help the community to be prosper. Uh, so we truly believe that, you know, uh, doing the supply diversity helps our community be prosper as well. Great. And, and Jamie, you know, I know you're in a, a consulting role now. Um, so obviously this is very important to you too. Um, what would you say about, again, the importance of supplier diversity, especially now and in the years coming? Well, I think, you know, we call it, we call it the missing business strategy um, that, you know, there's there's a benefit for both sides. Um, you know, there's a lot of research out there now that supports the efforts that, you know, if your company um, has diversity within its own organization and within its supply chain, it's going to be more profitable. Um, it's going to have um, a higher sales rate. It's going to be more innovative. It's going to attract and retain better talent. Um, so there are a lot of good business reasons in addition to the reasons that Karuba mentioned, which are also very important. Um, you know, there's, uh, it's, it's, just, it's good business. And so as we work with companies, whether it's working with the supply chain side or the supplier diversity side, whether it's the corporate or the diverse owned business, um, we're, we're seeking to bring those people together and, and then track and monitor and give the best benefit to, uh, to both sides so that they're gaining um, the expertise that they need and, and the results that they get from that. Okay, wonderful. Now, what are some of the biggest challenges in this field that you encounter regularly? Jamie, why don't we start with you? What are some challenges that you uh, have to face pretty consistently in your line of business? <laughs> well, I think, you know, it's um, one of the big challenges, I think, is that you get part of the company that's on board, but not all of it. Um, you know, if it's not sold and communicated well internally, um, then there's going to, you know, you're going to leave money on the table and you're going to leave opportunity on the table. So I think one of the biggest challenges is getting away from this um, conception that supply chain and supplier diversity can work together and make this work. Um, you really need to be working with those internal clients. Um, yes, we all talk about, yes, you have to have support from the C-suite, but you also have to make sure the C-suite's holding you accountable um, because that's what people pay attention to. And I think that also ensuring um, that goals are aligned. I see a big challenge with, you know, and coming from supply chain, uh, we were taught that less is more. You know, you reduce that supplier base, uh, that brings you a bigger pie that you can go out and negotiate with. So that's what they're being paid on. Then you have the supplier diversity people. Well, we're going to pay you based on the fact that we want you to bring in more companies who are diverse. Uh, so they're almost butting heads from the get-go if you don't align those goals and objectives. And very often, uh, that's a challenge that I see that's, uh, that's missing. And then I think, um, you know, the other thing is that people, companies start this. Um, and then after a few years, it kind of plateaus and nothing's really happening. Um, you know, people get complacent in the numbers that they're reporting 
and it becomes more about the numbers game than really are we looking at all of the opportunities that are out there. So just like you do in supply chain or marketing or any other organization within the business, uh, you know, every so often you're kind of going back and revamping that plan. How are we doing? How, you know, what, what's new? Um, what can we be doing? And keeping that momentum going um, is something that needs to be driven, again, throughout the organization. You know, a, a really uh, fiery, excellent supplier diversity person can't make it happen all by themselves. Right. That's a great point. Well said. And Karuba, for, for you, what are some of the biggest challenges you've had to face in your time in supplier diversity? I think the, the, when, when we look at it from uh, our procurement side, uh, you know, we spend over $8 billion with uh, suppliers okay? and we segment by various categories. Uh, the constant challenge I see is uh, in some of the categories, we cannot find diverse suppliers especially coming from the financial industry side, you know, uh, you take some categories, you were able to see too many, uh, and some categories you cannot find anyone, correct? So you have that challenge, you know, when, when we push, you know, from the top level across organization to support, and then when you go and look at it, our procurement side, and then you have over 150 team members um, some of them are dedicatedly focusing on that uh, their category, and then you cannot able to find diverse suppliers for them, right? So that's a kind of a constant challenge we see. But at the same time, you know, I'm going to look at from the supplier side. Uh, suppliers say that hey, they cannot get the contracts from us, you know, because they cannot find the right fit as well. So this is a constant challenge we see. Uh, between both the parties, how do we match them and map them together as well? Um, and other areas of uh, bigger challenge I have is uh, when I look at my global program, um, I have to work in countries where supply diversity is not matured, right? So even if you look at from, you know, I also support US, uh, Canada and UK and other markets too. Uh, but we launched our program in Canada first before we launched in U.S. <laughs> so uh, we have gone through a, you know, a kind of a maturity of markets are different. When you look at uh, U.S., it's a little bit more familiar about supply diversity in the marketplace compared to Canada. But then you look at U.K., uh, which, you know, when I compare between Canada and U.K., uh, Canada is a little bit mature than U.K., so you are dealing with you know countries where the program is not matured as well as the government support is different so you have to go through those challenges as well defining the program in those markets how do you going to you know launch those programs and how are you going to support that program in that geography as well Interesting. Yeah. Actually, um, Karuba, to, to go along those same lines here, um, you know, for, for the lay person, I guess, in, in these different countries, um, why is supplier diversity still kind of unfamiliar territory for a lot of people? And why do uh, misconceptions still exist or abound? I mean, I know one of them is that, you know, supplier diversity is just a fancy word for affirmative action, right? It's kind of a, a, a simplistic, reductive way to look at supplier diversity and people don't really know what it is. Um, but why, why is there still unfamiliarity with it? Why do these misconceptions still exist, do you think? 
I think in my opinion, it, it is, again, coming back to the same, what I mentioned earlier is about the, how does the government in those region has been, you know, supporting and then what is the law has been done, uh, you know, to support uh, diverse groups as well. Uh, you know, each and every market is going to be different. Okay, so uh, what you call minority in one market, you cannot call the same minority in other markets, right? So it's defined and variations are there. Um, then you have to, you know, look at it. How does that market works and how does the program is going to be, uh, you know, built in that region? How and whom you're going to support in that region, correct? So that's the first thing is you have to look at it. Uh, as as a supplier diversity, you cannot take as one definition and apply it to all countries. Mm. You have to look at it country by country. Uh, you know who is the one requires help and support uh, on boosting the local economy in that country, and and which is a segment it needs more support. Uh, that's how we need to look at it. It's true, yeah, because sometimes when you talk about uh, supplier diversity. In one region, people are very familiar. In other region, they don't understand at all. And even it's difficult to explain to them as well because you know their part of the world is looks at it in a different way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting, yeah. Um, a different face of it, you know, kind of by region. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and Jamie, along these same lines too, you know, uh, might be unfamiliar territory for some people, maybe like Ruba said, more familiar for others. Um, but there's, you know, there's a um, lot of misconceptions about it. People don't understand what it means. There's a very uh, reductionist attitude towards it. Um, and it, it's lovely that there are areas where it's really, you know, thriving. People are familiar. But then there's those others that still remain where there remains a lot of work to be done. Right. So why is that? Why? Why is there kind of this, you know, this um, the, the different faces is, is one thing, you know, by by region and culture. But then why are these um, still like these, uh, you know, kind of holes that need to be filled by, you know, professionals in this space to explain what this is actually all about and the benefits of it? Well, I think, you know, in addition to what to the points that Karuba made, um, you know, people also look at it, um, especially if they're looking at the U.S. Um, they think, well, you know, there's laws in the U.S. And and that's what does it. And certainly that's what started it in the United States. Um, that is a very small percentage of what's going on in the U.S. these days. Um, but it definitely got its start by the government coming in and saying, look, you have to do this. And there's still aspects of the government that have those, um, we call them set-asides. So a percentage that is mandated versus what most corporations are doing, which is, you know, here's our goals. And, you know, we're going to do in the end what's right for the business. And then we're going to try and marry that with these goals that we've made and um, and, you know, show all the efforts that we've made to do that. Um, so I think that when you're looking at it from another country, particularly countries that are doing business in, in areas like the U.S. and Canada, uh, they come in and say, well, you know, we don't have that. Well, you're doing business here, so you kind of do now. Uh, so those are kind of the discussions that take place. And I think that coming at it from the business perspective, um, I've, I've seen helps that um, because I'm not I'm not necessarily trying to change hearts and minds. I'm sitting here having a business discussion with you just like I am when we discuss cost or implementation or software licensing or whatever it is that look, this is, you know, here we show um, this helps us make money. Why are you against that? You know, why, why don't you want to be part of that? Or why do you want to detract from that? 
Um, but I think too, you mentioned like affirmative action, you know, um, I, one thing is, you know, I think it works better than affirmative action, thankfully. Um, but, uh, people tend to combine that, I think, into one thought area that, oh, this is just another program or this is just another initiative, um, versus, you know, we're trying to build economic stability, um, in these areas and that's going to benefit everybody and it's going to benefit the economy as a whole. Uh, but it's also going to benefit our businesses as we go about this. So um, I think that some of those misconceptions are what starts it, what drives it. Um, you know, I know coming, I was in corporate until uh, 2017. So, you know, from that perspective, I was looking at it as we need to bring these people in because we need to be more competitive. Um, you know, we, I was in a business where there were a lot, my competition was basically selling the same thing I was selling. Uh, so you differentiate yourself by service, by the things that you do, by being competitive, um, by all of these different means. Um, and so this became one of those. It makes us more competitive. It makes us more innovative. Um, it gives us companies that can do more, that can uh, make decisions quicker, um, all of these things that are going to contribute to that bottom line. Mm -hmm. uh, that I think is is probably an easier decision than sitting down with somebody from you know um, a foreign country who doesn't necessarily have experience with us and saying, well, you know, here's here's why you here's why you ought to believe in this. You know, um, that can be a difficult discussion to have, um, especially when you're trying to negotiate business at the same time. Sure. You know, my, my next question for you, and we'll, we'll start with Jamie, is, um, you know, suppliers and distributors in our industry for promo products, you know, they too are, are um, part of the supplier diversity and procurement. So when it comes to being a distributor that's going to provide promotional products for uh, a company that has a supplier diversity program in place, they're going to have to, uh, you know, bring certain companies to the table to be competitive. So when a distributor, let's say, let's stick with that, when a distributor is um, looking to um, be competitive and be able to serve a company that has a supplier diversity program in place, what do they need to know about that process and what are end buyers looking for when it comes to uh, a distributor and the procurement process through a distributor for promotional products and merchandise? Well, you know, promotion is, is an interesting area, um, which I've had a lot of experience with and you typically um, as a large company at least my company you ended up doing business with a a larger company it was not diverse um, and at that time there were not a lot of companies who could bring the technology forward that we wanted the e-store and you know the selection and all of that kind of thing but that aside we did a lot of work with that company and making sure that we were bringing in uh, plenty of opportunities for companies and not just passively looking at what they brought to the table. But, you know, if I was out at an event or someplace and I met somebody and I thought, wow, they're pretty much on the ball. I understood they had to go through that company's vetting process, but I had no problem going, hey, you need to take a look at this one over here uh, and then follow up, you know, and say, well, why is that? I think the other thing that made the biggest impact in our program was because we had sold it internally. Um, I had a very strong partnership with the sales organization. Uh, they happen to be the ones who buy the most promo items. 
in a given company. And so one of the things we did was we went out on the e-store and we started to identify on the e-store all of the items that were uh, brought in by a diverse owned company. And the first month that we did that, now these salespeople, they knew that they needed this because we were doing tier two reporting to their national accounts. We were helping them with RFP responses where they were being asked about supplier diversity. So they had a stake in it. And the first month that we did that, our spend uh, with promo overall stayed the same, but our spend with diverse owned companies went up over 35%. And it stayed there because if they were making an informed choice, they were looking at it and saying, okay, there's no difference between this one and this one. I wanna support this because I've gotta go answer to my customer next quarter. <laughs> on where our diversity spend is. Um, and they liked being able to go in and say, hey, here, no, oh, by the way, you know, we got this from uh, such and such company. So I think there's a lot of creative ways that you can bring those opportunities together. Um, and then again, uh, by including all those different aspects of the company in it, uh, then everybody has some stake in it. And so they can move through it as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well said. And, and uh, Karuba, you know, as a, um, an active end buyer, you know, in, in uh, the financial space, um, what are you looking for when it comes to a distributor who is competing for your business and you're going through the procurement process with them? How can they be more competitive in terms of, of serving a company like yours? Yeah, I think some of the Jamie mentioned it, you know, especially when you look at from the promo industry or uh, other categories. Uh, one of the key thing we look at it is on alignment with our values, right? So we want to make sure, you know, the suppliers whom we look for, uh, you know, they are able to, uh, you know, align to our values. If, for example, when we look at it, say, um, if, if we focus on diversity, if we focus on environmental, if we focus on climate control, we want to have the partner and supplier to align with the same values and able to do the same thing what we are trying to do. So that's a very principled thing, right? So when you look at it from that perspective, uh, the alignment has to be there. Now, similarly, you take into a supplier who are a distributor, when they work with their suppliers, if they are able to look at the same way, then it's a kind of a chain passes on, correct? So the, the value gets uh, spread across and then the impact gets delivered to the community, right? So if, if everyone started to look at that piece and it will be very effectively delivered to the community as well. And the second thing is, um, you know, how do you, you know, look at it from a diverse company and non-diverse company? Uh, for example, in some areas, uh, we don't go and look for suppliers uh, every year. Probably we might have a contract for a long term, right? So when we have for a three-year contract, then if we have selected a non-diverse company uh, to handle the spend, uh, then we look at it in a way, how do we influence them to create more opportunity for the diverse companies through the supply chain? Uh, so that's how we look at it on building an inclusive supply chain. And so that the diverse suppliers, you know, can get some opportunity through the non-diverse companies as well. And then, you know, also we wanted to recognize those companies who are able to 
uh, you know, demonstrate and provide the opportunity to the diverse suppliers in the community. So you kind of look at it from one side as like, you know, supplier management, uh, when they review their suppliers, hey, you know, look at all this value perspective as well, who is delivering it? You know, they all go through the standard SLAs and other things, but it's also too good to see, uh, you know, which other companies are, uh, you know, demonstrating more than and beyond uh, to align to our values, right? So then you kind of appreciate them and recognize them. So that's an important piece as well, so that, you know, your supply chain is constantly able to get motivated, able to do that. And the third thing is about, uh, you know, going and helping not only necessarily your direct suppliers, even if it's a diverse supplier through your tier one, um, help them and coach them and offer mentorship to those companies, right? So when you look at our supply chain, we always should look at it, all the pieces of the supply chain, not just only the front piece, right? So we kind of look at it, say, hey, you know, uh, even though they are not our direct suppliers, but they are coming through our supply chain, uh, but offer them some help to them, you know, provide some coaching to them, you know, uh, bring in some expertise to deliver to them, even if it is something other than, you know, like, for example, we are a financial company. If we want to offer some financial advices to them, hey, go and offer it as a free service to them. Uh, so that they can grow the business. It's at the end, we have to look at it like, how do you create positive impact to these companies so that they could create more job opportunity in the marketplace uh, so that they could hire more diverse uh, individuals in their company, correct? By creating some positive impacts. That's a great point. I love that, that mentorship element. Um, that's wonderful. So, so looking ahead, um, you know, obviously, uh, there's been a lot of discourse recently at, since, um, you know, late May into the summer about anti-discrimination and um, equality, justice, amplifying minority voices. You know, what are your predictions for supplier diversity in the coming months into next year? And do you think that that current discourse will perhaps help people um, become more aware of what supplier diversity's mission really is? Karuba, why don't we start with you? Yeah, sure, definitely. Yes, definitely. Yes, it's going to create more uh, awareness. And, you know, I have seen during past several weeks, uh, you know, many of um, industry or even internally, there are many discussions happening. Uh, our senior leaders have been reflecting on the various issues, what widespread systemic racism, intolerance and discriminations in our society it is going to bring more awareness. It is going to, you know, bring in more um, higher goal setting for organizations. Uh, leadership is going to step up to demonstrate more. Uh, there are more eyes are going to watch on many people. So people will try to, uh, you know, perform better on these areas. Um, same thing with the shareholders. You know, shareholders want to look at it from companies as well. So, there are a lot more, you know, growth opportunities going to happen. And, you know, that's my view. And it's also going to help us, you know, at this specific stages where when you look at it, how do you take the program to the next level? Um, these kind of things will help us. Um, there are uh, multiple discussions are happening uh, under the supply diversity. There are more 
ideas are coming up from the business side to see how they can help. Uh, you know, there's interconnection between uh, clientele side and the supplier side is going to enhance much better. Um, you're looking at from the banking perspective, uh, more financial benefits are segmented towards the diverse uh, groups of business owners and uh, that's going to increase. Uh, so there are a lot more good things that are happening and uh, hopefully we, you know, we convert that into a, a real positive impact to the communities uh, and helping them to grow internally. We are even setting ourselves uh, higher numbers on you know, leadership level as well as the employee base and numbers are, you know, increased, uh, you know, by internally ourselves. Uh, the leaders have set higher targets now. So, mm -hmm. so it's it's not only supply diversity; it's also create um, other benefits as well. We are also looking at how do we, you know, able to build the future as well. You know, how do we create uh, more opportunity for youth, especially the diverse youth, right? So, how do we make sure? Uh, one side is creating job opportunities for them. Second is on creating entrepreneurship and making them to be successful as well. So those are also kind of the view beyond supply diversity. Great. Wonderful. I love that. And Jamie, um, I, 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 probably among your clients, you're seeing something um, very similar these past few few months and um, going into next year, into 2021. Are you seeing similar trends to what Karuba is talking about? You know, I'm, I'm very optimistic. I mean, you know, I grew up uh, in the 60s and uh, what's happening here in the United States is a lot like what was happening here in the 60s. Um, and it's having some of the same pivot points. I mean, a lot of what happened in the 60s was because you had TV um, for the first time going into, you know, the Selmas and the Birminghams and, and showing what was happening and, and people were just outraged by it. Um, the big difference you have today is social media. So, you know, whereas in the past, companies may want to stay at arm's length. We're not going to get involved. We're not really political. Let's just, you know, keep our head down and do our business. Um, that's not acceptable anymore. And it's not acceptable to the people now that we have in leadership positions. It's very much not acceptable to the youth that Garuba spoke of. They're just... Uh, just aghast that we're even still having these conversations. So even though uh, there's a lot of uh, things that are happening, um, it has kind of created this perfect storm of people who were just saying enough, you know, we need to move this forward. So, you know, when the pandemic hit, uh, things were very, very quiet uh, for me for supply chain, for supplier diversity, people were calling and saying, you know, my budget's getting hit because I'm being told I'm not essential and, you know, things of that nature. How do I, how do I combat that? Uh, now you have, I'm seeing the highest number of companies who have never done this before are now looking at, okay, we need to get in here. We need to get started. How do we do this? I'm, I'm probably as busy right now um, as I've ever been. Um, because you have a lot of companies, and most of it are companies who have not been in the space prior to. Um, so that, for me, is a real cause for optimism that, uh, you know, the more new companies you bring in, uh, the more new people there are for those uh, diverse-owned businesses to meet, the more, business, the more new business there is to be done. It's not the same cast of characters where, 
you know, last year this WBE got it and this year the MBE is going to get that business. Um, you're actually increasing the size of the pie to a greater degree. And, and I think that is a cause for optimism. So I want to see it carry on into next year. Um, and uh, hopefully, um, you know, we've had a lot of uh, people across the globe that are looking at this now. It's not just, you know, North America. Uh, so they too are stepping in and saying, well, you know, how can we help and what can we do? And I think only good is going to come from that. Well said. Well, thank you, Jamie Karuba, for joining us for this important discussion. And for more information on supplier diversity for the promotional products industry, please visit asicentral.com slash news. Thanks for listening.